Welcome, everyone. This is the Back Porch Podcast. My name is Andrew Beam. And I'm Corey Dempsey. And wow, it's been a week already. Who would have thought? So we're back for the second installment in our exploration of the two, of the year of 2005 in hip-hop. Our guest returning with us is Steve Tyson, educator, rapper, overall fantastic person. Are you also a student, too? I was actually thinking about this earlier. Yeah, I'm still technically a doctoral student uh, getting my EDD in educational leadership. So, yeah, he's soon a- to be Dr. Tyson once Ma- I finish his visitation. So. The man does it all. He's, he's doing it all right now. So uh, <laughs> thank you, though, for joining us on week two, my friend. Thanks for having me, fellas. Really appreciate it. You're remarkable, Steve. <laughs> like, I don't do anything. <laughs> you do all this shit. <laughs> no, it's you, all, it's, 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 it's all, it's all funneling. <laughs> no, fuck no. It's all fall, funneling toward one path. So, you know, all the shit that I'm doing is, you know, going to collapse into just a few things that I'm doing routinely so collapse makes it sound a little more calamitous as opposed to like you know sometimes it feels like that. okay fair enough all right um well and Corey, don't don't sell yourself short you're you're, you're a coach you're a you're you're a wedding planner uh an, an event host <laughs> event coordinator is my preferred job title because i don't preferred. like being called a wedding okay, sorry. planner sorry <laughs> uh, a wedding Big Planner just makes me think like I'm J-Lo in that movie. I always thought you were. I mean, the ass on you, my friend. No, uh, I mean, and a former athlete for that, too. So there's there's that. Anyways, all the weird shit aside, for both of you guys, we went through your, your, your number five and your number four picks. I'm kind of curious to see what we're going to do for the final three here. So I'm just going to continue since I have another candidate in my fridge. And at least Corey says it's still referencing what we're going to be discussing because apparently we're going to just be hearing from more kings of hip-hop so i'm going to open up another can of king julius So before we jump back into our top five, Steve, give us a quick recap on what your number five and number four picks were. Yeah, so number five, I picked Young Jeezy featuring Manny Fresh and then what? Uh, Another track also produced by Manny Fresh, classic track, Jeezy's debut as a solo rapper. And then number four, I picked Beanie Siegel featuring Melissa Jimenez and Feel It in the Air, produced by Heavy D. Yes, two, two absolutely very, fantastic picks. Two very different tracks, but also, yeah, very, very, very great picks. Yeah, for sure. Corey, Thank you. what are your what are your five and four? And I'm not going to screw this up time this time. My number five is Stay Fly by 3-6 Mafia featuring Young Buck, 8-Ball, and MJG. We didn't forget about you this time, Young Buck. Uh, and my number four is Sitting Sideways by Paul Wall featuring Big Pokey. All right, so... We're going to pick up sort of where we left off. I was, obviously, as we said, we heard uh, Corey and Steve's number five and number four picks. Number Steve, or, yeah. Uh, Steve, what is your number three pick? So my number three pick, I'm actually throwing an audible. Uh, we're switching it up. So I remember in Wait, an audible on week, an audible or? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, my list was already very, you know, pretty raw and putting it together and just going uh very knee jerk and and you know first thoughts first reactions uh but in that i realized you know we talked about it in the last episode around 
you know, everybody's representative of the Midwest of down South. Uh, the only East coast artist I had represented was Beanie Siegel. And in 2005, you know, I think that there is definitely a collaboration between the East coast and West coast artists that uh, needs to be in, you know, my top five. And so I decided to replace my original number three, which I'll save in case it's potentially in your top three. And, uh, share with you all uh, my current and and true number three which is the game featuring 50 cent hater to love Brenda, still throwing babies in the garbage i want to know what's going on like i hear marvin no school books they use that wood to build coffins whenever i'm in the booth and i get exhausted i think what if marie baker got that abortion i love you you know truthfully i i was never really a big fan of the game which i mean i'm talking about the rapper obviously but I I I will say that this track is probably this has to be his best for me at least um at least one of my favorites from him but what I what I think is fascinating is I feel like a lot of that video that we watched while you know listening to the song was about from where they were to where they are now and they couldn't have just gotten a real plane I thought they could have had a real plane in that <laughs> I think the entire video is shot in green screen. I know, which is like, <laughs> like, the, like the best which part is of wild. <laughs> yeah, they're like standing on the block, and yet it's a green screen. Like you couldn't have just gone to Queens and shot, but you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, well, well, but why this track, Steve? Why why'd you go with this one? Yeah, I mean, first it's it's definitely um, you know a classic Fifty Cent you know G Unit track you know the, the beat is awesome produced by cool and dre um also with some assistant production by dr dre um but yeah i love, love the sample um i think that it's you know to your point beam uh it's, it's probably my favorite song of the games uh i also feel like it was 50s last big hit before really moving into business and film and acting uh, in addition to doing music, I mean, well, he had to retire to after that bet that he had with with Kanye in two thousand seven. Very technically, he had to retire after that year. But even before that, because you know, like, you know, this is like an 05, You know, it was there was already that shift starting to happen. Um, and I feel like you know this this song is, is kind of the like the end of the the biggest of Fifty Cent's era as in in, in music as far as music is concerned. Um, you know, he, he was still definitely relevant after this song, but it really was like the defining stamp uh, for, you know, 50s, you know, chokehold on the music industry and uh, also a great introduction for the game. I think that the game's career has been really, um, you know, hot and cold, you know, over the last 20 years. But uh, overall, he's an incredibly talented uh, storyteller, um, lyricist. You know, he's got a lot of really great songs even after this. But, you know, this was more or less his debut. It was from his debut studio album. A lot of people didn't really know of the game outside of, you know, L.A. and Compton and, um, you know, that California scene. So um, I thought it was a really great debut for him. And overall, you know, in listening to all of the songs that I was perusing through for this selection, um, ultimately I felt, yeah, this definitely needs to be represented in the top five. I mean, what made you kind of, you know, like you said, it was an audible, like what kind of, what was the moment and what made it just like, I need to, I need to do this one. It's wild. So like in our, uh, last conversation, um, I I don't know what it was, but you know, whenever I felt the energy of that song and then I was thinking about, all right, what my next song is for my top five, 
uh, I went to the playlist that I had and I changed it from my top five order to just the order in which, you know, just like a random like shuffled order and hated to love it was right there. And I was like, <laughs> how I don't know. It was like how something in the, spirit this in the moment. moment. Yeah, it was like it was it, it was something in the spirit in the moment. I was like, that's that's what I was missing. That's what I was missing in this top five. So I had to replace my original number three, uh, which I'll reveal at the end in my honorable mentions if it doesn't show up uh, before then in Corey's list. But yeah, it, it 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 was a necessary replacement for sure. Well, I'm I'm glad we gave you the week to do that, uh, Corey. <laughs> what I mean, what sort of meaning or or what are your thoughts too on on this song? No, it's absolutely a huge song from this year. I have it in my honorable mentions, and I actually have the G-Unit remix that has Young Buck again, uh, Tony Yayo, and Lloyd Banks on it as well. So I had that in my honorable mentions. And, you know, Steve, it was something that I was texting you while we were kind of researching for this. This year has so much music that I really, really like, and a lot of, but not much that I like love, capital L love. Um, And that's kind of what this is for me like you know 50 cent like his biggest album was his first and his biggest song was into club and it's kind of all been downhill musically from there Uh, from a business perspective it's all uphill but uh, musically you know it wasn't my favorite the game has never been my favorite I really respect the game I think the documentary is like an excellent album but the game has never been my favorite so you know I, I absolutely hear all the things you're saying. I love all the things you're saying. It just didn't quite crack my top five. I had in my honorable mentions, but it's a huge, huge song, huge, huge record, huge time in their careers. Like the documentary was a huge record at this time. You know, 50 cents, the massacre was a huge record at this time. So it's a great choice and very important to include it on a list when you're talking about 2005. Now it's definitely one that like stick around in my head too. Like that, the hook of that song um, yeah, you I, you can't get that out of your head. Now I won't be able to get it out of my head probably for the next week or so. So thank you for that, uh, Steve. No, you know, never. Oh, I didn't for sure. I, I didn't think I would have. I would see the game on on on, on either the list. So well, here we are then. <laughs> Near did I last week, but here we are. Yeah, well, here we are. <laughs> I mean, his hook is what stands out from the song. Oh like, yeah, here he is coming in like introducing himself to the game he's called the game and he's just declaring himself raps MVP off the bat like that. That's the game in a nutshell right it's, there. Like it's a just bold, uber confident, bold, uber move. bold, uber audacious. Like that just describes the game all wrapped up in one, yeah. one line, <laughs> man. It's such a name too, right? The game that, I mean, that's, it's, it's kind of a boss move to be like, all right, I'm gonna name myself the game. His grandmother actually gave him that nickname. <laughs> wow. Okay. Fucking boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he liked a lot of sports, and he was a kid. Uh, he played every game possible, and so she was like, "You're just the game out here. You're playing every game you can." And so that was it. Oh uh, man, actually, you know what? I kind of wish you didn't tell me that story because I always thought like <laughs> it was like a real like real arrogant movie. Like you know, what? fuck this. My name's the game, and I'm gonna enter this game and own it and call myself the MVP. <laughs> Turns out it was just because he loved to play every game, and his fucking grandmother calls him that. I think All his right. grandma was very prescient, <laughs> for he, sure. Here I was, like trying to give him some more credit too, but nope, never mind. Corey, what is your number three? All right, my number three. So you know, I've been doing this thing where we're, we're kind of jumping around from place to place. You know, we were in Memphis, Tennessee, with Three Six Mafia and Stay Fly. We were in Houston 
with Paul Wall and sitting sideways. This time we're going to Atlanta. This is my young Jeezy pick. It is the Go Crazy remix featuring Jay-Z. Your fucking list is going so hard, dude. <laughs> <laughs> my God. Damn. Yeah, it's old boy. This is the official Hustlers anthem. You getting money? Throw it in the air. Guess who's been Zach? Still smell the blow on my clothes like Krispy Kreme. I was cooking the molds. Like horseshoes, I was tossing the molds. Time to re-up, gotta recycle the flow. Jay-Z's verse on that is fucking awesome, first off. It's incredible. It's so good. It kind of, it had that feel for me of just like where I'm thinking like people need to stop having Kendrick Lamar on their songs. Because it's just like it's not doing you any favors whatsoever. Because Jeezy's verses in the, in this are great, but it's just like Jay-Z comes in and he's just like he wasn't fucking around. He's like, no, I'm not the relief pitcher. I'm the closer. Yeah, no fucking way. And like Mariano of the Marriott. Dude. And then also, too, like so good. the fucking the drum roll. I swear to God, that was rattling my brain the entire time that was just going on in the background. But I think I've at least described why my, I may have enjoyed this song. Corey, why is this your pick? Why is it? I mean, I think I know, but why? I mean, you did a great job because, like, <laughs> those are things that I highlighted. The, Sorry. the drum roll that Don Cannon has in the production, it's absolutely incredible for this, like, rollicking Hustlers anthem. Jay-Z's verse is just fire. I'm going to highlight a couple lines later. Um, but where I want to start, actually, is I I read this quote in the Rap Yearbook by Shea Serrano, but actually it's Miles Raymer who wrote it, and he said... It's immensely audacious for a regionally semi-popular rapper to open his first widely promoted single by crowing, guess who's Bazak, since most listeners probably hadn't heard him more than two seconds before. And I think that's incredibly accurate, because when I first heard this song, I was like, who the hell is Young Jeezy and why is he telling me he's back? I don't know who this is. But also, why is this, who is Young Jeezy and why is he going so hard? Because it goes so hard. This track is just unreal. Um, so, you know, when I was thinking about 2005, I was like, oh, got to have Young Jeezy on it. And immediately I was just like, go crazy. Has to be. Um, this this track is just incredible. Steve, what are your thoughts on this one? I love this song, too. It almost made my top five also. Shout out to Don Cannon on this beat. Yeah, I, 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 so I think that the remix with Jay-Z definitely helps push it over the top a bit more. He comes through, steals the show. Um, also, shout out to Fat Joe, who was also on this track, but then got removed because of his beef with Jay-Z. So uh, we are all missing out on a Fat Joe verse on this track, too. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was a really great co-sign from the president of Def Jam at the time to the one of the newest signees to Def Jam, you know, not necessarily passing the torch, but, you know, just, you know, knighting him, so to speak, into, you know, the realm of hip hop. So, yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, Jay- great Jay-Z song. wasn't out here, like, passing any sort of torch whatsoever. Yeah, but he song. did tell people to watch the throne, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, I mean, it's a really good point because Jay-Z is kind of the, the pioneer of this, like, street hustle and rap. And, yep. you know, the the businessman on the streets who then makes it in rap and then makes it in life. And he's like he, he's the guy when it comes to like that style of rap. And, you know, Young Jeezy's making this street anthem about moving snow like we talked about. And he gets Jay-Z on the song to do his thing. And Jay-Z just goes so hard. And 
you know, he comes in with more than a hustler. I'm the definition of it. Master chef, Lord of the kitchen cupboard, more than a street legend, homie. It's Hova more than a relief pitcher. I'm the closer. And like, he comes in like that on this street anthem from young Jeezy. And it's like, he's just like, yo, you're great. And I love you. And you're on my record. And yes, you can do this shit, but also don't, don't forget. I'm the king of this shit. Yeah. And then also like, just the bars in that the, the double entendres that are even like the ones that are unexpected like relief pitcher so yeah. you know whenever you're moving coke on the block one of the terms for it is you know you're pitching and so what is he pitching but relief through this drug and so i mean there's just so many layers to these bars it's <laughs> jay-z is definitely king of this shit Oh, yeah, shit. For real. yeah and, didn't know that at all <laughs> no and then he does the i'm i'm the mariano of the marriott so then there's even more layers because he's bringing in the yankees reference and he's talking about closing chicks at a hotel so like there's just so many layers to what he's doing in this verse and he's just flexing on him too because he says see i'm a hustler's hope i'm not his pipe dreams so when they speak of success i'm what they might mean and like just like <laughs> yeah dude you want to be me. You're trying to do this, but you're just trying to be me. And I'm going to remind you on your own song. And Young Jeezy's great. I love Young Jeezy. I'm not taking anything away from Young Jeezy on this track, but Jay-Z steals the show. It's it's such yeah. an incredible verse. I think we're all kind of accidentally taking stuff away from Young Jeezy on this, unfortunately. I mean, Jay-Z took the track from him. I mean, at least on the <laughs> remix. It's like, all right, I'm going to add this one too. Now, anything else on this one at all? I just want to talk about the hook for two seconds. Oh, you, know? you go ahead. Cause I fucking love the hook of this song. <laughs> it's such a great hook. And he's like, you know, when they play that new Jeezy, all the dope boys go crazy. And like, it's, it's wild. Like it's not just the dope boys who are going crazy. Everyone is going crazy when they're listening to that hook, play this at a party, play this at a club, play this anywhere. And people are losing their absolute mind. It is just an incredible song such a great hook from GZ. it's so perfect i i love this track so much it's also a dope acknowledgement uh too because you know if you're in the club well pre-pandemic you're in the club the most uh you know stone-faced you know chilling against the wall cool folks are typically the d-boys and so you know now it's like you know if they're going like oh shit this is hard then you know <laughs> that's when you know yeah <laughs> i mean you say pre-pandemic like people ain't doing this right now to be perfectly honest <laughs> yeah but it's harder to tell with their mask on so you don't know what's going on behind it. <laughs> okay you're now supposing that people are wearing masks still i don't hey know. listen yeah i know you right it's <laughs> crazy right remember here. it's post-pandemic uh <laughs> I also, accomplished. for some reason too, I don't know why this, and this is completely off topic and we completely, we could cut this out if we want to, but, um, you know, for, for someone to say like, you know, on their first like promoted track or like one of their first big tracks to say, I'm um, you know, Bizak, you know, Backstreet Boys, I feel like did something similar, uh, Backstreet's back in, in their <laughs> song. And I, I, I still to this day, I was like, from where? <laughs> it's like at least Jeezy was part of a group before going solo. Like, yeah, where did Backstreet you guys was already <laughs> right. Yeah, they. Were <laughs> I want to. I also want to say, like, this is the first time in recorded history that Young Jeezy <laughs> and Backstreet Boys have ever been talked about <laughs> in the same sentence. <laughs> 
Well, if I could do anything for this podcast, then at least let it be that. We're making history out making here. Making history back out there. <laughs> and what That's the hilarious. fuck is the backstreet? What were you doing? Anyway, um <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right. So we are now on to the number 2s. Steve, or is it is your number 2 like your original number 2? Like what kind of yeah, number yeah. 2 do we have going on right number now? Number 2 and number 1 have been unchanged since I started thinking about putting songs together for this. Uh, they were definitely in this list regardless. So uh, my number two song actually also has a remix that features Jay-Z, but I did not select the remix featuring Jay-Z for my number two, uh, primarily because I feel that even though Jay-Z's verse in this song, everybody knows some of the bars from, and it, it's one of the another iconic Jay-Z verse, uh, it, to me actually detracts and takes away from the purpose of the song because it replaces bars that were very intentional and very meaningful uh, for the subject matter in the song. So my number two pick uh, for my top five of 2005 is Kanye West, Diamonds from Sierra Leone. Ah. We get messed up in the studio, but really though, yeah, he next up. People asking me is I'm gonna give my chain back. That'll be the same day I give the game back. You know the next question, dog, yo, where Dame at? This track the Indian dance to bring our rain back. You know, I just feel like after what we just listened and, and, and from, from the last song too, that, that Steve, you mentioned, to have a verse like people asking me if I'm going to get my chain back, that'll be the same day I give the game back. It just makes me think like, you know, maybe he had the game locked up somewhere, literally like the game, the rapper and just was like hiding him somewhere. It was like, no, I'll give him back same day, but you know, probably not happening. But anyways, why the, why this track? And then also as a follow up, why not the Jay-Z version? And why would you say it takes away from, you know, the meaning of the song? So I, I picked this track, one, because it's an incredible track. I mean, the the production in it, um, you know, the the Shirley Bassey sample uh, from James Bond, you know, with the Diamonds Are Forever, uh, how it relates to just the symbol of Rockefeller, you know, all of the rock artists um, and throwing the diamond up. But, I mean, I, I absolutely love the... Um, in addition to the song, the visuals and, and the kind of bigger message around trying to draw some attention to you know the, the around 2004 2005 2006 you had more attention publicly and socially being drawn to the blood diamond uh industry you know or the entire diamond industry you know and how much of that is um driven by conflict diamonds and so for arguably the most popular rapper at the time to then make a song that's entitled directly addressing that but then in its subject matter touching on it at times but then also being very vulnerable to some extent and open and honest about not just the typical braggadocio of i'm the best i'm here i'm claiming this is mine but then also the kind of path to it and the doubt that you can receive you know a lot of the the vulnerability that we still see from kanye today um you know through some of the, you know, the political problematicness and all that other stuff, it's always still going to be a space of vulnerability and of honesty from oneself. And so for me, 
that was, I think, the bigger purpose of the song. And, you know, whenever you're able to just hear him, you know, continue. And, and I think another thing about Kanye that often goes underrated is how well he raps. And for a song where it has some extensive bars to it and, you know, the length of each verse is um, longer than the typical 16. And he's really able to to delve in and just, you know, showcase that um, without having, you know, somebody who's considered arguably the greatest rapper of all time then come in and like we saw with Go Crazy, steal the show. Um, you know, that's that's where it's it's not like, you know, Jay-Z's remix, you know, or the remix to this feature in Jay-Z is any less of a song. I actually listen to that one more than I listen to this version of the song. But that one also wouldn't exist without this version, too. Um, and without this one being so incredible for Jay-Z to then go, you know what, I'm going to also hop on this song. Um, because even in the remix, too, that was also one of the first times they've collaborated before. But in my opinion, I think the remix to the song is also the beginning of um, what is then referenced as the throne or, you know, that that duo uh, that Jay-Z and Kanye uh, created amongst themselves with uh, the Watch the Throne album. Um, it wouldn't have kind of existed, at least in my opinion, um, without this song specifically. So, yeah, it was really important and I felt should be the number two song on my list. I mean, I prefer this version over the remix, to be perfectly honest with you. But yeah, I, I think it's a great point that you bring up, too, with just about him as an MC. I mean, per, I, I thought he was fucking fantastic. Corey, what about your what about you in this song? I know you I know you thought it was a phenomenal pick as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, I gave this heavy consideration and Steve touched on pretty much every point that I would want to make, you know, using a James Bond sample, this kind of representation of style and swagger and this like glamorous lifestyle and using that sample in a song about conflict diamonds, like it's, it's a genius, genius pull to do that. You know, Steve mentioned the vulnerability, like not just talking about conflict diamonds, but then putting yourself in the middle of it. Like, you know, you're a rapper and rappers often get associated with bling and ice and all this stuff. And Kanye's addressing the fact that, yes, I do all this. Am I going to give my chain away? No, but I'm going to bring some attention to this thing. So he's being vulnerable and he's putting himself out there and saying, I am a part of this too. Like I'm not just separate commentator over here talking about it. Like I'm a part of the problem. So there's a vulnerability and, you know, a really respectable selflessness at, 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 at indicting yourself with that as well. So I love that. And it's a great choice. You know, I do actually slightly prefer the remix. Um, I just love the way that Jay-Z comes in um, when it's like, what's going on with you and Jay, man? Is y'all okay, man? And then Jay just yep. comes in. Yep. I got it from here. Jay. Damn. <laughs> it's so incredible. Like, and you know, Steve, you were talking about it. Like that is the first seed in that Jay-Z Kanye collaboration for watch the throne because they play off each other so well on that record and that that's yeah. where it starts like that. I'm going to pick up the verse right there. Um, and, you know, it's just it's an incredible song. But I absolutely agree with you that it does take away from the message. You know, there's something that Kanye is trying to say with this song. 
And so while I do feel the Jay-Z verse like elevates it as a pure rap song, it does take away from the message. So I very much like that we're kind of talking about just the song itself. Word. I, I honestly, I just, I personally love hearing this era of Kanye rapping. So that's, per, that's kind of like why I was like, why I do love the original. It's almost like when, when Jay-Z pops in, like you said though, it's a great intro, but it's almost like, nah, I kind of wanted to hear Kanye keep going on this. I, I, that's, that, that's me personally on that. So and he's still delivering bars like that today with tracks like off the grid. So <laughs> yeah, Kanye is still capable it's, today. It's, it's still there. <laughs> he is highly capable. Today. I, I understand that. It's just, whether he utilizes it very well or often. Oh, he is. Often? Oh, he is. <laughs> <laughs> very it's, much so. It's a bit it's a bit muddled these days. Um but it all, the, the last it all depends on I mean, we're diverting into a Kanye space, but in my opinion, it, it, this, yeah. it, it depends on your reference point if it's okay. muddled enough okay. for you. Fair enough. Very true. I mean, the last point I want to bring up, there's one bar where he says, good morning, this ain't Vietnam shit. And it's like, he he really does go hard. He's got the pop culture reference with good morning Vietnam, and he does like the Robin Williams voice, but he's like bringing it to some real stuff. Kanye has bars, and he is, he's not the best MC, but he's one of the best songwriters and, in yep. rap. And I absolutely, you know, he... Not even one of them. He's the best songwriter, like the best constructor of a song. He's yeah. absolutely incredible. So we have now gotten to Corey, your number two. Let's have it. What is it? Well, we are very much in a Kanye space right now because my number two is also from Kanye. Um, I didn't want to completely give it away at the top, but, you know, I said that my my list is dominated by Southern rappers in the Midwest. And specifically, my top two is dominated by Chicago. It has Chicago everywhere on my top two. Um, It is entirely Chicago in my top two, in fact. So, you know, I want to start by saying I had a really hard time with the top two spots. I knew what records I wanted them to come from and what, what artists I wanted them to represent. And in the second spot, I have Late Registration, Kanye's record, and I considered so many songs from this album. I consider Drive Slow featuring Paul Wall and GLC. I absolutely love that song. I consider the Diamonds from Sierra Leone remix, as I said. I considered Crack Music featuring The Game. Um, absolutely incredible song. There's so many great tracks on late registration. Um, but ultimately, ugh, but ultimately, what I went with is uh, Touch the Sky by Kanye West featuring Lupe Fiasco. Real cars, real motorcycles, maybe a real rocket. I, I, I thought that looked really real uh, in the music video, but Kanye West touched the sky. The horns are very important, as Lupe points out, but Corey, let's hear it. I, I don't want to mistakenly take away the points you were going to make, as I did last time, So so let's hear it. No, I mean, you did you did a great job pointing out all the great things. Like, y- you want to just go the rocket? <laughs> the ro- I, I want to talk more about that explosion. Is what I want to talk about. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, this song for me, like, if I was ever a major league baseball pitcher or a MMA fighter, 
this would be my walkout song. And I would really want some kind of like sign or something that I could burst through. So I could just be like, boom, come in it and start rapping. I got to testify, come up in the spot, looking extra fly for the day I die. I'm going to touch the sky and just like reference my outfit. Cause I'm looking fly. That's just what I want. This is, this is life goals right here. This song. And specifically Kanye's hook. I mean, I think you'd be making some sort of record because I don't know if MMI fighters have ever walked through some sort of like billboard or sign or whatever. So that would be a first. That's what I want. That's that's my dream scenario for life as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think mean, we for, can recreate for, that somehow. We can do it. I want to really badly because I, I just love this song. Um, you know, for the song itself, it's 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 so good in so many ways but you know the first thing i want to highlight is the uh the sample of the curtis mayfield beat uh move on up and the horns he uses it's just so triumphant and so epic and i just don't know how this song could not put you in a good mood like i'm giddy talking about it right now it's it just makes me so happy this song yeah the brass in that is incredible it really just keeps you uplifted and energized you know regardless of you know, if it's the original or if it's sampled, you know, it, it, it shines through regardless. Yeah. And it's just like, this is classic early Kanye production, taking those soul samples, sampling them and speeding them up just a perfect, perfect effect. So like identifying this one Curtis Mayfield brass line and being like, this is the backbone of my song. Yeah. It's, he's such a genius when it comes to production and like this was his whole early style um and it shows up in my number one pick too because Kanye produced that as well but you know we we talked about how Kanye can sometimes be overlooked as an MC and I'm I'm doing it a little bit because I'm gushing about his production his production is that good yeah no you're like you're doing that absolutely (laughs) but I I do want to talk about his lyrics because you know when you're not the most gifted MC naturally Like, what can you do to still be a great rapper? You can be an incredible songwriter. So what Kanye does in his verses and the way he structures them and the way he kind of starts them both in the same way, the first one he says, before they thought pink polos would hurt the rock, before Cam got the shit to pop. And then the second one, he goes, before Gucci was the shit to rock, back when Slick Rick got the shit to pop. So he's doing this thing where he's starting both verses in the exact same way and referencing other legends of rap and talking about fashion, which is always a huge thing in Kanye's repertoire. Like it's just, he, he's underrated because there's nuance in the way that he structures and yeah. arranges his verses. And it's just genius in that way. So I love that about his, his lyrics in this song. Most definitely. I definitely agree with that. That I, I, I really like how you phrased it too, because that I, I think is, probably the best thing about Kanye's lyricism is the nuance for sure past present and likely future because it's definitely been consistent I guess this is where it was off then no I mean listen he's not like he's not a rap linguist the same way that like Eminem is or Papoose is or like you know people that we've talked about in the way that he kind of like flips words and you know arranges them in that way but it's a different style of rapping that still has so much nuance so like if i'm not able to do that over there 
I'm going to be really clever in the way I arrange my verses and my words Mm -hmm. to give it meaning and structure. And so like he just does it in a different way. And I think it's really fascinating the way he's kind of created his own lane of rapping. That's still very good, even though people don't talk about it because it's not like the Jay-Z's and Biggie's of the world who are these incredible linguists who can just twist any word around to make it make it fit like that. Um, so Kanye's just created his kind of own lane of rapping. I So, and, and, and I could be wrong on this, and I could be way off base, and I'm, you know what, I'm going to take a fucking shot here. I think part of the reason why I appreciate, and, and honestly, Kanye, for the longest time, is one of my favorite lyricists because of just what he's able to do. And like you said, just w- whether it be the nuance or just sort of doing it in a clever way, I feel like a lot of the music, as we mentioned uh, previously, uh, you know, white suburban kids who listen to a lot of angsty, like, emo music and stuff like that. And the one thing I feel like, and, you know, say when, you know, when it comes to, like, Every Time I Die or something like that, a band that, uh, you know, a, a lyricist in Keith Buckley who I appreciate in terms of just how clever he is, um, you know, just in terms of with, 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 those, with the songs or with the lyrics he writes, which might be and inform the reason why I appreciate Kanye so much because I almost feel like they're they are sort of clever in the way they sort of structure their lyrics and you know it's not simply like wordplay and stuff like that in a lot of ways and I just wonder if that's sort of like the connection just sort of maybe subconsciously that happens when I listen to him I think it's that and it's also Kanye's emotional vulnerability that really makes him attractive to kids who are like emo kids or punk or grow up in that kind of you know musical headspace and so the fact that he is often so vulnerable um, in addressing these things, I think that's also a, a pretty big part of it. Um, Steve, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with what both of y'all are saying. Um, you know, there's, especially in hip hop, there's often so much braggadocio and so much trumping oneself up, um, not to use the phrase Trump in the middle of a Kanye conversation, but I saw it um, as a brass reference with all the <laughs> songs we hear with brass using them. I don't know why you went the other route. But I mean, yeah, overall that, you know, because he offers the other side of the coin and can kind of take the arrows and still keep walking forward in his truth, regardless of whatever that truth is. Um, is really what's, you know, one of the most appealing things about his artistry, but also um, his personality, or at least what we see of it. Yeah, I'm very curious about what we don't see. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I I have two more things that I really want to talk about. The first is we haven't talked about Lupe Fiasco at all when it comes to this song, and I really... because he steals it. I made a slight mention of him at the beginning, I feel like. No, for sure. But like, you know, I mentioned how this is just Chicago everywhere. So Lupe Fiasco, Chicago, like getting his introduction on this song. And, you know, Lupe Fiasco from 2005 to 2008 was probably one of my favorite rappers in the game. And then he just fell off the face of the earth, (laughs) seemingly. Um, But this verse is just absolutely incredible. And the way he ends his verse, like everything about the verse I love. But my favorite part is when he ends it and he says... Now I'm at end the verse right where the horns are like, uh, and then the horns come right back in. And I just love when rappers interact with the beat in that way. It just makes me so giddy. 
And that is just my favorite part about Lupe's verse in a verse that is just incredible. I Lupe is incredible. I love him. I don't want him to get lost. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, he, like he says, he comes in and, you know, steals the show like Lupin the third. And, you know, it's, 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 it's really dope. I mean, it's, it's a great introduction of him uh, to the, to the world. I don't think many people knew who Lupe Fiasco was before this song. Uh, Cause he didn't even have his own major label single or anything out like that out at this point. Um, no, nah, food and liquor so, came out the next year, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kick push and all of that is all after this. Um, so I mean, he really staked his claim on this and had a lot of people tuning in. Like, who is Wasalu Muhammad Jaco, and and what is he about? <laughs> um, and to your point about kind of falling off, I mean, you know, for what Lupe was able to do and represent as an artist, but also as a business person and a musician, um, it's kind of like what happens whenever you buck the industry and you know tell them fuck you to their face for you know all the shadiness and so um you don't get as much uh commercial play as you would whenever you're kind of riding the wave and 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 accepting the status quo so i mean he's still definitely doing his thing he's producing and and recording a new album now Uh, he's been doing a lot of dope stuff um he just dropped like an EP I think just in the past year that was really dope uh, especially this track called Dinosaurs so yeah he, he's doing his thing for sure uh, the last thing I want to talk about real quick you know two weeks ago we did our Kanye West power rankings we um, are very much in a Kanye space right point now. of correction sorry three weeks ago three weeks ago damn um, yeah we oh, that, true, we, that week flew by flew right by <laughs> Yeah, so three weeks ago we did the the Kanye West power rankings, you know, talking about where we had them. And to me, this is not like elite Kanye. This is very, very good Kanye. But Steve, I'm curious, you know, we didn't have you on that episode, unfortunately. But I'm curious where this era, late registration, where does that fall in kind of the Kanye West discography for you, if you're looking at the whole thing? It's definitely one of the top, projects of his in my opinion i think that it's so important uh, not just for us as listeners but also in his path artistically because he was really able to start reaching across the aisle so to speak into other genres you know collaborating with john bryan especially uh in pretty much all of this album um you know it's it's before the mike dean era um, you know, there's a lot of collaborators and consistent folks that he's built with, you know, since this time. But, you know, I think that this album is representative of him really trying to expand and and stretch out into some new musical palettes that he hadn't been in before. So especially whenever you're thinking about, you know, bringing in some strings and orchestral sounds and stuff into this project. So, you know, shout out to John Bryan as well, because what he lent to this project was really important. And I think that overall helped to continue the evolution of Kanye West uh, to, to what we're kind of hearing now. I mean, for sure. You know, I think this album represents probably the biggest album for Kanye as like an artist, because this is where he blows up into like a global icon. And I think it's specifically Gold Digger, which is a song that we yeah. didn't put on our either of our lists. But that song just was everywhere in this year. Yep. Like it really it, was it, it, everyone's it, ringtone. It was <laughs> unbelievable, dude. Yeah. Like Gold Digger was just everywhere, you know, and I'm curious, like neither of us put it on our list. I think it's his most important song. 
so where do you, where do you stand on gold digger specifically? Uh, I think it was, like you said, it's an important song in his career as far as really solidifying a, a space in mainstream popular culture. Um, and also intersecting with Jamie Foxx and his Academy Award winning performances, Ray Charles, uh, the timing could not have been any better. And so I think the intersection of both of those phenomena in one, the phenomena of Kanye West, but then also the phenomena of Jamie Foxx really being able to showcase the breadth of his talent uh, beyond just, you know, the, the in living color to stand up to sitcom star. Uh, it, it was, I think the combination of both of those really helped to, to push both of them into a mainstream success that they've kind of not looked back and, and kept, kept pushing forward. Yeah, for real. And the last thing before we leave the Kanye space, because we are in this Kanye space right now very heavily, Beam had it as his number three record in the Kanye power rankings. I had it at mm. number five. Joey had it on number six. If you had to right now, gun to your head, where does it fall in the Kanye power ranking of albums for you? Somewhere between three and four. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hey, it would either minutes. be three or it would be four. This is a, re- <laughs> you asked me like in the moment, it would either be three or it would be four. I can't decide on if it's on, on what it does for me differently than college dropout, but I may have to lean towards it more than college dropout because of what I said about expanding his musical palette a bit, uh, which why then I might lean toward it being number three for me. Okay. And then college you dropout would be number four. have number one like we do? My we undisputed have... number one is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. All right. Glad we're all on the same I page. really that thought he was going to say Jesus masterpiece. King. I thought he was going <laughs> to <laughs> No, but my, my number yay. two is, my number two is Donda. So we can have that conversation. We we can definitely have that conversation at another time. Oh my. Yeah. We, we all had a very undisputed one and two and it was my beautiful dark twist, twisted fantasy one and Jesus two. So that is definitely a wrench in our, in our (laughs) range. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 yeah, uh, All of, I, I, so to, to kind of put a button on this Kanye conversation, (laughs) in my opinion, all of his projects in some way are represented in Donda. So that's why I saw that tweet. I saw you say that. I was like, okay, I, I, I don't, yeah. di- I don't disagree with you. I do not Can't disagree with, with you in that. Yep. I just don't know if it's what I wanted to hear. Anyways. Anyway, we've got- <laughs> <laughs> that's why it all goes back to your reference point. It's fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, anyways, that's, uh, that's count number two. Uh, for the use of the word giddy by Corey in this podcast. So, uh, for those keeping score at home. Um, what was my first one? You said it earlier. I forget, but I, I know you said it because I heard it and I was like, there it is again. Touch the Sky really does make me giddy. Like, just a little schoolgirl, like, with her first crush on a boy. Like, that. that's what Touch the Sky makes me feel. It just makes me giddy. I love it so much. Huh. Anyway, so um, I, I so this has been actually kind of a wild list. A lot of them I I haven't expected, but I think I must have. I think I went into a different realm of two thousand five than everyone else. However, uh, we have gotten <laughs> to our number ones. And Steve, what what is what is your top pick of of the year you handpicked here? 
Year 2005. What's number feel, one for you in this year? I feel like I know who it's from. Corey, this isn't about you. Track, this is this is his number one. This isn't about you. <laughs> I know. I know. I just, I, I think. Well, I, just from what I heard Corey allude to, uh, I don't think that this artist has been represented in either of our top fives uh, and would have been represented at all in either of our top fives if I did not now pick this as the number one um but my number one song and artist uh from 2005 comes from a person who intentionally filled the gap and filled the void uh from whenever jay-z declared his second retirement and moved into becoming president of def jam uh, and so in that the feeling was that the mantle of greatest rapper alive was then open and in that opportunity uh, there was a rapper from New Orleans by way of Miami that was really holding it down in 2005. Uh, and so my number one pick in 2005 uh, also comes from my favorite album of 2005, or it might have been 04. I don't even know. All I know is that this album uh, was critical for me, but it's Lil Wayne's Hustler music from the album The Carter Till. I mean, I know I said it took him this long to get on this list, but I guess it makes sense to have him, at least, on, uh, of course, off of, uh, you know, The Carter Two uh, to have Lil Wayne at number one. Um, Steve? Why this particular track off that record? I think it's one of the best off that album. Uh, it's That album's probably my favorite Lil Wayne album. Um, I, I wore that CD out uh, <laughs> back in college, you know, in my car, you know, in my dorm. Um, it was, it was, what a time. Um, but yeah, I also, I, 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 well, first I'm going to shout out Marquise Houston, Um from Immature, uh, also known as Roger from Sister Sister, uh, but he produced this song uh, for Lil Wayne, and you know it's it's just an absolutely incredible song. It's very introspective. It was a different vibe than we were kind of getting from Lil Wayne. You know, up until this album, there was a lot of you know that typical Hot Boys, Louisiana, Manny Fresh production kind of sound that we were hearing from Lil Wayne, and with this song and, and really this whole album, you're able to hear a lot more diversity uh, in Lil Wayne's song selection, beat selection, uh, the variety of flows that he was choosing and selecting on albums, going from like a Jamaican patois on some songs to just the, the typical, you know, laid back kind of down South flow to a more, northeast east coast kind of bar heavy vibe there's songs for everybody on this album and i think that this one was really representative of you know an aspect of lil wayne that we don't often get to see too much but we have been able to see a little bit more as he's gotten older um where there's a lot more reflection and introspection uh within the music um he's always had that since he was a teenager but you know you do see it increasingly more so as he gets older and um, i think that this song was one of those pivot points for him in his career in that regard so um yeah, uh, for me, it stands out above every other song in 2005 as far as not just a great song in itself, but then also really representative of the individual who stepped in and took the mantle of greatest rapper alive 
for a defined period of time, for sure. No, this particular track stuck with me, especially because the line, I don't know why, it always just caught me. I could just like be doing something else and not paying close attention, but I just hear, you know, bulletproof, leave it with a bullet roof, shoot you in your mouth, Leroy. They call him Bullet Tooth. For some reason, Bullet Tooth always just like catch my ear and I'd be like, what? <laughs> like, so just like listen to that. But, uh, but Corey, why this track? Or, I mean, what do you think about this track is what I should say. I mean, the first thing, the reason you think that is because of Bullet Tooth Tony from Snatch. Epic, epic character. Oh, my God. I was like, I knew that was a reference to something, but fair enough. <laughs> no, I mean, this is this is the first time Steve and I have ever disagreed. And not in a way where I'm saying, like, this is not a good choice for number one. It absolutely is, and he's absolutely right. The only disagreement that we have is I like the Carter Three era of Lil Wayne, and he thinks the Carter Two is his masterpiece. I think NPR thinks that Two is the masterpiece as well, but I don't know if that means anything. I mean, to each his own. I mean, this yeah. is what music is about. Like yep. you have different tastes, different strokes for different folks. Yep. Um, but he's absolutely right in everything that he said. Like. Lil Wayne was the greatest rapper alive from 2005 to 2008, maybe even 2009. Whenever Rebirth came out was when it uh, <laughs> kind of died for him. <laughs> uh, Rebirth, Rebirth was not the best. I, I respect the adventure, uh, the yeah. adventurous nature of that record. But that was uh, the guitar album, was it? Yeah, it was, oh, it was, all right, it was, all right. he was learning how to play guitar and decided to make an album, which is... Fuck it, man. He's you can do that if you want. It's just very, yeah, it's just still clear that he's still learning how to play it while he <laughs> recorded and put out the album. So that was very downside. It was clear, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, but I mean, he's absolutely right. Like, Lil Wayne is incredible. The, the, the free associated lyricism that he produces and in a line like the one you, you just said, like, just taking this idea of, like, being bulletproof and then just spinning it in all these different ways. Like, that is Lil Wayne to a T. And I just love the way that he does that. You know, I also wanted to put Lil Wayne on my list. I was texting Steve about this. Like, how can I not have Lil Wayne on my list? But then he 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 made it very clear he would appear on his list. So I was like, all right, I'm free to go other directions right now. I would have chose Receipt or Fly Out. Those are my two favorite tracks from this record. Um, but, you know, Lil Wayne has to be on a list from 2005. He is absolutely incredible. He is the best rapper alive at this point. So, you know, all, all the love in the world to this pick. I, I, I respect it. Honestly, like, and I've been stoked to see him sort of, I mean, I know he's been putting out albums, but him on the, his verse on the Tyler creator record and on Drake's record from this year is, I don't know. It's one of those things that's make me fall, like really actually kind of really under, like fall in love with, with Lil Wayne, uh, to a certain extent. So it's, um, Kind of looking forward to see what's going to be coming next, even from him now, after even listening to this whole album as well. Yeah, I mean, he's had kind of a renaissance here in the last couple of years where he's become kind of an in-vogue rapper again, where everybody wants to get him on a track. And it wasn't like that for a while. Um, and, I, and I love that he's kind of coming back to to prominence, so to speak. I mean, I think the the reason why he wasn't like that for a while is because you had an entire cohort of rappers come into the game that were completely 
mimicking and appropriating and emulating everything that he had done a decade plus before already. Uh, where it's just like, I'm, you know, and also regardless of your race or cultural background or whatever it was, it was, I'm going to tattoo myself forehead to toe and get multicolored dreadlocks and then put a grill in my mouth and then be a rapper. And it was just like, you could be like a white kid from the suburbs. You could be from Florida, you you know, you know, and down in the trap, it didn't matter. Everybody was coming out and kind of emulating that, that look and that visage. And so I think that there was definitely a moment where publicly it was like, you know, all of this comes from Lil Wayne. And then that started to ripple out where it was like, you know, Lil Wayne is still around and still, you know, holding it down. So it was like, all right, like, and then there's kind of this resurgence again of making sure that, um, you know, he's as represented, um, you know, on features and things like that as he could and should be, um, as opposed to a lot of these other artists who are just kind of em- emulating and mimicking and not even in the best ways. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. And there's so many artists that do it well, like Young Thug and Gunna. Right. I think they are excellent. But then there's like Lil Peep and Takashi Six Nine, who yep. I would rather not speak about. But like they're just doing Lil Wayne. They're doing Lil Wayne impressions. Yeah. That is what is happening. It's everywhere, and you know it can't be overlooked that like Lil Wayne again. We we spoke about this with Young Jeezy. We talk about Southern rap. Like Lil Wayne has his fingerprints on everything that is like coming out in hip hop. Twenty One Savage too, and I I love Twenty One Savage, but like his thing is a is a Lil Wayne version. Yeah. It's it's a mumble rap version, but it's Lil Wayne. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's kind of interesting to say that too where it's like and and to also look at the two I I know I referenced the two features from this year, you know, Drake, I know there is that relationship between him and Lil Wayne. But think about like someone like Tyler who I think probably just looked up to him and just wanted to have him on on a record too. So it's just like at least we're kind of seeing different represent, like you said, different representation of Lil Wayne. You know, you got the people mimic him, but then you got like the people that are just paying homage to him by even just having him on 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 the track as well, and Lil Wayne just putting in the effort that he does on these. Yeah, I think with Tyler, like a person with Tyler's level of creativity, how could you not look up to Lil Wayne? Right. Lil Wayne is like one of the most creative people, and it doesn't always work out, like we said with Rebirth, but. He put himself out there and he was just like, this is some shit that I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a creative person and this is a lane I want to go in. And so, like, I don't like Rebirth. It's not a good record, but I respect the shit out of it for, like, just what he was trying to do. Yep. Yep. Likewise. Well, I do appreciate that when Steve was talking about just sort of, you know, whether it's white kid in the suburbs to Florida or the trap. I love that Florida somehow was just fit in the middle of there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was only because Wayne pretty much lives in Florida, so that's me. That's what I first thought of. <laughs> I know, but the other ones were like just sort of like, yeah, these are settings that you could think of, and then it's just Florida, and you're like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Florida's out there, that's for sure. Florida, Florida is out there, possibly soon out to sea. Um, Florida's a different planet, man. <laughs> anyway, um. All right, so I think we're we're up to you, Corey. This is you get the last you get the last pick here. You get the last. This is your number one. All right, this Steve did his, so it's yours now. This is the order. So what 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 do you what do you what do you, what do you what do you got here? What what's your number one? 
so mine, like Steve's, comes from my favorite record of 2005, and it's Commons B. Uh, that's the record. And like 1994, when I talked about Common, I had a really hard time picking a individual song. I think that B is like a perfect record. I think from front to back, every song is incredible. And in that way, there's not one that like stands above the rest as like an individual song. So like, how do I pick this in a perfect record where every song is amazing? Like, how do I settle on one? And I ultimately kind of tried to boil it down. All right, what song captures the essence of the whole record best? And so I, what, what I ultimately went with was the uh, intro track, B Intro, by Common. Not what I saw coming. I thought it, it was what I thought was happening, and then I didn't think it was happening, and then now it's happening. <laughs> wow. Dude, okay, was- that was a journey in itself. <laughs> I want to be as free as the spirits of those who left. I'm talking Malcolm, Coltrane, my man Yousef, through death, through conception, new breath and resurrection, from arms, new steps in that direction. That is one of my favorite intros to a song, I think, uh, really ever. I agree with you. Probably like one of the most perfect albums. So, Corey, take it away. Why was this your number one pick? Like I said, I finally settled on it, or... I shouldn't say settled because settled has a negative connotation. I, I finally, you know, landed on this one because I do feel like it captures the album perfectly. Um, it has all the elements of the album kind of baked into the intro and it sets the mood for the record so perfectly. You know, the first thing I want to point out, we were, we were talking before about Kanye's songwriting ability and the way that he constructs this beat with this bass line that's like, just sparing and kind of like it's asking a question it's just like hitting all these notes and it's like nah that's not the right one and then it finds it and so the bass line then comes in and then you get this synth that joins in and you know adds to kind of the layers of the beat and then you just get these little piano flourishes that come in and then finally like the topper is again those horns we, we, we talked about Kanye in this era of you know, soul music sampling and speeding him up. So he does um, Albert Jones's Mother Nature and brings in those horns to just fill out the beat that is going to make this song. And so, you know, from a songwriting perspective and a beat creation perspective, like this is just peak early Kanye. Um, and I think that one of the best beats he ever produced in this era, it's it's so incredible and the layers to it. I, 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 I respond to it so much, and that's why it kind of had to be this. I that's a, I mean a great way of putting it. That opening baseline, like I said, uh, one of my favorites, probably in a song ever. And and and, and to, to to say it's like trying to find its way, and then and then kind of settling on it, and just the way that it kind of jumps into the track with everything else, dude, it gets stuck in your head. Uh, Steve, what are your thoughts on this track? I love this song. Um, I think it's a really dope pick. I when I first heard it back in '05 it kind of threw me for a loop in, in exactly what you're talking about as far as the production and, you know, this bass line that opens the song and ultimately opens the album trying to find itself. Um, and I think it's really symbolic of, you know, an album and a song that's called B, where everything about us just being who we are, you know, we have to find ourselves in order to get there. And, you know, once the bass line does find those right notes, then it kind of has this almost like 
you know, uh, like a, a train or a locomotive on a track, and it kind of just keeps chugging forward um, where you add in the strings, you add in the synths, you add in the rapping. And so, yeah, the, um, you know, to shout out Kanye one last time, you know, the, the, the production on this is absolutely incredible. Um, and, and I think that Common does precisely what Common needs to do as far as, you know, delivering a message uh, very briefly, but also very poignantly. Um, he's definitely grown into being one of, if not the best at being, being very poignant and brief and direct um, in his lyricism. So, yeah, I, I really love this song. Great pick, man. Yeah, I mean, Steve, what you just pointed out about the kind of poetry of this song and, you know, that that's a huge feature of Common's lyrics, but the way you said there's kind of a poetic nature to the beat and the way it fits, that that's just so perfect because Kanye's producing this whole album pretty much. He, he does every track but two and Jay Dilla does the other two, but it is, it, it, it's a poetic beat in the way that it introduces a record that's all about finding yourself. And, you know, I want to talk about the poetry of Common's lyricism real quick. There's this one part in the middle of it, because when Common starts rapping, you just get a minute and a half of no hook, just bars. And so there's one point where the beat kind of falls away and it's just the baseline. And he says, Waiting for the Lord to rise, I look into my daughter's eyes and realize I'm a learn through her. The Messiah might even return through her. If I'm a do it, I got to change the world through her. And, you know, I am by no means a religious fellow. I, I, I don't do that. But what, what he's capturing in these lyrics is just like the perfect picture of fatherhood that you could possibly have. Like you have this child that you're trying to change the world through and you're trying to do a good job. And I'm just like, you know, while I don't vibe with the religious stuff, like the, this idea of fatherhood, he captures it perfectly through these two bars. And I'm just like, how, how do you do this comment? It's incredible. I, the one thing I will say about, I mean, one, that's one of the great things about common, just in terms of like the, uh, the lyrics he's able to write, but also just his, I think it has to just do with his voice. And I just think in the way that he, he he raps, which almost feels very incredibly natural. It just seems it doesn't. It almost seems like he's not rapping at all, sort of to a certain extent. And I've always just had this kind of warmth from him. Oddly enough, no matter what he's rapping about, it might be something like that that isn't that. But there's just always been something about Common that I just got that from him, and that there was at least sort of just just this sort of positive outlook that kind of came from him. Uh, in a lot of ways and that's not a lot of in terms of when I listen to music it's not exactly what I'm looking for in a lot of the music that I listen to uh, regardless so and I also think too just in terms of you know this album for common I, I think it was just interesting is like when you said B and I'm over here saying like you know I thought it was gonna be go you said it was possibly gonna be the food Steve saying you testify which like I can't even deny that either just speaks to yeah this is like a near per- like this album is Phenomenal. I, I remember sitting on my bedroom floor, like reading through the lyrics and like looking at that cover. That cover art is iconic to me in so many ways. So um, to have this at number one uh, as well, you know, to have Lil Wayne, uh, you know, just who Lil Wayne is and just the impact he's had on hip hop as a whole and just in that year in general. But then also just for me personally to have, uh, you know, comments, you know, on this, it's just to have those both at number one. 
kind of kind of kind of fitting. I almost feel like it to a certain extent. Yeah, I think you know. Again, we we've talked about this a bunch, but like us as, and I think it's poignant for two thousand five, considering where we were in our lives. Like, there's something to this conscious rap that common and Talib Kweli and most deaf and all of them, like there's something that's attractive to kids who grew up in a different thing. Like common just explores all these feelings like fatherhood. And then there's the, the there's this poetry to Common's voice and his delivery and his lyricism that it just makes it so relatable. And, and that's why I love common. And that's why I love this record so much. So, and I could be wrong here and, it seems like I have been at least a couple of times uh, in these a uh, couple of parts of this of this uh, ex- exploration of 2005. But for Common specifically, there's not much else that was too memorable. I feel like from him, and I know he went on to do movies and a whole bunch of other stuff. And 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 I'm willing to be completely wrong here, but I just nothing has stood out from his catalog since B, for me at least. Since B, I think you're correct. I don't think B is actually his best record, though. I mean, I, um, I think since B, Finding Forever is one that ooh, really... Finding Forever is very good. Finding yeah, Forever that's a good is point. an incredible project. You're right. I'm wrong. So anyways, I'm wrong. See, like and, I said, uh, I, I, I knew there was a good possibility I would be, so... <laughs> but I just remember B just kind of being like the end all for me in a lot of ways. And I know it might not be... You, you think it's, it might not be his best, but... I, and this is a, probably a personal bias for me in a lot of ways it is, but... Uh, the last thing I just want to close with about Common and this this track in particular is the way he ends the track with explore the world to return to where my soul began, never looking back or too, in fr- too far in front of me. The present is a gift and I just want to be. And the way that he name checks the record right at the end to take you on this journey about finding yourself, you know, whatever that means to you and capture it in that one line like that's what makes this both my favorite track from my favorite record and to me the best song from 2005 because i think the way that common's able to just capture the entire essence of something in a line there's such a skill to that great pick of course as well as as i already mentioned and uh yeah i mean that brings us to the end of the top five list Gentlemen, thank you. I know you both worked so hard. Steve, you you put in overtime, too, in terms of your list, so <laughs> appreciate the work that was put in. But as we're as we want to as we want to do, um some of these songs that, that, that we all went through, you know, we thought about putting them on the top five. I say we, I'm not a part of this, but put it in the top five. They just didn't make it. So let's talk about some honorable mentions, guys. What do we think? I guess my first honorable mention uh, would be Misty Elliott, Lose Control. Um, Definitely a massive, massive record in 2005 that didn't make my list. I would also say Black Alicious, My Pen and Pad, is an incredible track. Rest in peace to Gift the Gab. Uh, You know, it's a song that I really wanted represented in some way, shape, or form just because of just the, the incomparable lyricism in it, but then also how it is really representative of that the, the the core elements of you know what defined and created hip hop you know just an MC and 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 a really dope drum kick of a beat I guess my my other two honorable mentions would be Joel Santana Mike Check um, again kind of you know a, an MC <laughs> shout out to Dipset uh, you know a dope MC over a dope kind of boom bap 
esque beat. Uh, and also Aesop Rock, Fast Cars, uh, is a really dope track that, that made my honorable mention list too. So yeah, yeah. Um, some of the other ones already ended up in your top five, Corey. So yeah, those are, those are definitely my honorable mentions. Well, speaking of which, Corey, what, what do you got for honorable mentions? Before I do those, you know, Steve, you mentioned the Gucci man, young Jeezy verses. Yeah. The locks and Dipset verses was that's the best versus fucking ages. It's yes. Incredible. Yes. It was an absolute moment for a hip hop culture, but then just a moment. If anyone was watching that live, it was incredible. I mean, Jadakiss is now like the most wanted rapper in the world after that versus. It's, yep. it's unreal. Dude. And he well like, deserved. He blew yeah. things up after that too. Like that was so talked about like after that. And well deserved, yeah, as you said, because he was just like, "Yo, fuck this, let me actually rap." All right, yeah, t- two thousand and five me was very happy about that. Oh, it was dope. <laughs> so I had, you know, like I said at the top, this is a year where there's so much music that I like, um, just not a lot that I love. So the 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 four the four and five picks were the ones that I was really struggling with what to ultimately go with. So I have a bunch of honorable mentions, um, dreams by the game. That is my favorite track off the documentary. I love it. What's up fat lip by fat lip from the heart, from the far side fame. Steve, what do you got? You're clapping over there. Tell, take yourself off mute. And wow, yo, I forgot about that song. Wow, excellent, <laughs> excellent, excellent. Honorable mention. Shout out to Fat Lip. Wow, I used to love that song. <laughs> Dude, it's incredible from a record called The Loneliest Punk. Like I, I love Fat Lip. I love the Far Side. Like, oh man, so much good shit from those guys. That video is awesome too. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, the other ones I have, uh, hate it or love it. The G unit remix, which we talked about a little bit. And then the last two, uh, I had the come up by AZ featuring or produced by DJ premier. Thank you. I love AZ so much. Um, and then the last one is from atmosphere who I talked about before, uh, pour me another. And for a sad emo kid (laughs) talking about alcohol and pour me another, Cause I can still see the floor. There's nothing that a sad emo kid wants than songs about alcoholism, which is both sad and just representative of my life. So shout out atmosphere representative of your life. Oh, all right. <laughs> I, I got, I, I got, know it was going to get dark. I took it back to my 2005 self and got real emo for a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got us there. Do you guys do you guys mind if I, I I actually had a couple that I was I was hoping to see on the list or at least mentions of some artists yeah, on here? Uh, I'll, I'll start off with one of them only just because like I just heard it and I was like, kind of want to just put this on loop. Uh, uh, Smith and Wesson uh, gun rap. I that that song hits real hard. Um, I just I, I was fucking Smith washing dishes to that and I'm like no just keep this going i just like I, I this is the way i need to start my morning i love that i was washing dishes to smith and wesson's gun rap and felt keep this going <laughs> yeah it's beautiful it's There's beautiful nothing better than doing chores to smith and wesson <laughs> it makes everything like more dude i was like i'm gonna go make i'm gonna go make my bed now this is great i felt motivated for the day it was where i was at um <laughs> sorry uh 
liberated by Blueprint, the way he just gets, the, the, the way his emotion rises as that track builds on that, man, I, I, I fucking love that song. Um, you know, just talking about being famous and breaking up with a girl just because she thinks she's spending way too much. You know, the whole, the whole thing, fucking phenomenal. Love that song. Huge fan of Blueprint. That that nineteen eighty eight record is his best work. I love it. Yeah, and I stumbled across this. I I, I hadn't heard of them before, uh, honestly. And I don't know, Corey. I know you kind of shared me a little bit of sort of what your list was, and I don't know if it was on there. Um, Little Brothers Minstrel Show uh, from that year as well. The song Cheatin'. That song, I, I, I showed this to someone. They're like, that song is absolute trash. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is like one, I, I don't know why, like, because I know it's kind of very tongue in cheek, but it's really because of the bridge. Uh, where it's just, it's, I say one, two, three, four, five, really want you to be my wife. And I say six, seven, eight, nine, ten, really wanted you to be my friend. And I say 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Can't think of nothing that rhyme with 15. Oh, Lord, the background <laughs> singer's just messed up. Like, I loved every second of hearing that to the point where I literally had to be like, to go to my wife, like, Sarah, 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 stop what you're doing. You need to hear this. Like, I had to replay that for her. I did, I got, I got to work later that day, and I was like, Josh, 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 listen to this verse. <laughs> so, um... I just wanted no to give ever counted to 15 in a song before. I know. So. And that's so fucking great about it. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. I just, I, I, and, and honestly, the record as a whole, not one I'd heard referenced before. So a uh, re- really good one as well. Moving on. Oh, hold on one second. Sorry. <laughs> the last one I want to shout out and it's nowhere near my top five, but I just got transported back to 2005 when I heard this song and you just reminded me of it. Um, Ying Ying Twins, the Whisper song. Oh, dude. Yeah, that was in my references just to listen through. I, and I was like, I forgot about this one. Dude, I that got referenced a lot today, actually, when I told my friend to listen to Let It Go. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait till you see my dick and he's just whispering. It's so creepy. I can't, I can't take dude, it. It, it, is, it is definitely wild. creep factor 1000. <laughs> I didn't mind the track up until that. And like, I got, I'm like, I'm driving in the work and I'm kind of, I, I turned, I hadn't heard that song before and I'm driving into work and I, I turned it up. I was like, this is, this is, this beat is awesome. This is dope. And then all of a sudden he starts whispering that and I'm just like, I, I don't know what to do with myself right now. This is awkward. I'm like conflicted. I really love what's happening. But at the same time, I feel like a man is whispering in my ear. Wait till you see my dick. And it already made the frat house dungeons dance parties incredibly more awkward and uncomfortable for all parties involved it was <laughs> oh did who put God. it on there like i what the fuck the creepy DJ. frat bros who were trying to fucking <laughs> insinuate some shit and Steve's like looking around and someone meets eyes with him and he's just like ah shit i gotta go <laughs> it was a request i don't know what <laughs> oh my God. that fucking song man <laughs> I'm going to play it right after we get done with this. Um, I am not. <laughs> yeah, all right. Each their own. All right. 2005. We went We went through the top fives, but as a whole, who won the year? 
Well, based on both of our top fives, in addition to our perspective on the full year, all right, you don't need to give me sass. my perspective on, on the full year. <laughs> it would, I mean, it would. <laughs> there's no sass. It's just background <laughs> and context. But I would have to go with Kanye West. Um, it was his entry into the bigger mainstream that we kind of already talked about, and um, you know, not only was he putting in work for himself, but then also putting in work for a lot of other artists, including Common. So, yeah, I, in my opinion, I think 2005 would ultimately uh, be won by Kanye, even though he wasn't my number one. Corey, do you concur? I do. I concur. It was neither my number one, but Kanye definitely won the year. He is still the most important artist of anyone that we talked about. And in addition, I think that Chicago won. Um it was featured heavily in both of my top ones. And then this lays the groundwork for future Chicago artists like Chief Keef, who we talked about in 2012, um, to come in and just dominate again. Uh, this this laid the groundwork uh, for Chicago as just a, a hub of hip hop music, I think. Anyways, that, that, that brings us to the end of it all. And uh, Steve, thank you again for joining us. This has always been a pleasure. It's always been incredibly enlightening and just... Uh, Always, always lovely to to have you kind of lend your voice on this when we're when when we're going through talking about the the best years of hip hop. Absolutely, thanks for having me on, fellas. Uh, and I got a new song dropping uh, just in a few days called "Worldwide Mess." So, you know, search that on Spotify, Apple Music. You know, elect E L L E C T and "Worldwide Mess." Of course, of course. Now, I could only imagine what that might be in reference to. There's Maybe. a whole lot of mess going on in this world, so yeah, I reference a lot. No, <laughs> fair enough. I can't, I can't disagree with that point. Um, Corey, as we said before, you, you you don't have a choice. You're here. I am, but you know, I do want to say that these episodes, talking hip hop with Steve, is just something I look forward to always. I really love these episodes immensely. Like I said, it makes me giddy just talking about these tracks. And that is count number three for the use of the word giddy. <laughs> number three on the giddy count. <laughs> but um, anyways, thank you again, gentlemen. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I, I got to throw it to Corey because I will never remember these things, and it might be because I'm actively choosing not to. Corey, where can people find us? People can find us on Instagram at Back Porch Media, on Twitter at, at Twitter on Porchback Media, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those things. Our 2012 hip-hop episode was very widely listened to. Well, the second so apparently part. apparently we did a good job. So well done to Steve. Awesome. Well done to us. Um, People like the second thanks part, for listening. it seems. It's because Kendrick is involved. Anything where Kendrick is involved, people listen. That's the power of Kendrick. Very true. <laughs> that, yeah, I know. And, like, again, stop having him on your track. Like Baby Keem, I'm looking at you. I know he's your cousin, but like, he's just gonna outshine you every single goddamn time. <laughs> all of you, all of you. It's just any of you. He's gonna be on your song. Just don't do it. He'll 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 figure it out on his own. But anyway, yeah. Follow us on that stuff and check back next time. We have we're gonna kick it back to the old school again. Steve and I are about to talk very briefly about what is to come. Oh wait, hold on. Before we like totally sign off here, is this the because I got I think this is the last one. Uh, this is going to be my last episode for about a month. 
We'll see. We'll see how things go. Things are fluid. Uh, I am going to have a kid in about, yep, two weeks, uh, I think is sort of where the due date is at. So I'm going to be taking a little bit of a backseat. Corey's going to be taking over with. Yeah, this is true. Uh, Beam's going to be taking a quick break. I am going to take the reins. Beam, first of all, congratulations. I know I've said it to you in real life, but not on the pod. Yeah, this matters more. And yeah, uh, we're going to have some guest hosts come on and join me and we're going to continue to have guests uh, and we'll continue to put out content. Um, I don't know what it is, but we're going to figure that out on the fly. It's going to be great. I'll still be making comments on social media on the side, which we encourage all of you to do as well, because you got to like and subscribe and comment on our shit. We'll interact with you. We won't yell at you, we swear. But anyway, we'll see you all later. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, everyone.